Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Welcome, dear listeners. Today's featured guest is still our favorite, Dr. Benjamin Smith. Let's give a warm welcome to this esteemed scientific journal editor. Could you please say hello to the audience, Dr. Smith? Glad to see you again, dear listeners. Thank you for the invitation, Connie. As we discussed in the last episode, musk could be prospectively isolated using a combination of surface markers and fluorescence-activated cell sorting. The function of these cells could then be determined by transplantation into recipient animals. The satellite cell compartment comprises heterogeneous cells, including both stem and progenitor cells. Moreover, the molecular mechanisms involved are starting to be elucidated. Satellite cells are regulated by many factors, divided into intrinsic and extrinsic regulation. Today, our focus is on the intrinsic regulation of satellite cells. Several genes have been identified as key regulators of muscle satellite cell specification and activation, including transcription factors and proteins involved in signal transduction from the microenvironment. The strongest evidence comes from studies of knockout mouse models. Which gene would you like to discuss first, doctor? I would like to begin with the Pax genes. First, we have the Pax7 gene, a member of the paired box-containing gene family. It is selectively expressed in quiescent and activated satellite cells, but not in differentiated cells. Mice with null zygotes for Pax7 display an almost total absence of satellite cells, resulting in severe impairment of postnatal muscle growth and tissue regeneration. This underscores the central role of Pax7 in satellite cell specification. The second gene is Pax3. Pax3 functions in skeletal muscle, as a mutation in Pax3 underlies the splotch mouse mutant, which is not viable and exhibits defects in the neural tube, heart, and a striking absence of limb muscle. This is due to a defect in myogenic progenitor migration during development. Pax3 is also essential for determining myogenic progenitors in the somites during early development. Furthermore, Pax3 and Pax7 mark a population of myogenic progenitors during development, which later give rise to the satellite cells and postnatal muscle. You've provided a clear explanation. Could you please explain the differences between these two genes? In adult resting muscle, Pax7 marks all quiescent and activated satellite cells. In contrast, Pax3 expression persists only in a few muscle masses, including the diaphragm but not in the limbs. It has been shown that during satellite cell activation in the limbs, Pax3 is transiently upregulated and subsequently downregulated post-translationally through monoubiquitination. The degradation of Pax3 in the late phases of satellite cell activation is essential for terminal differentiation. Thus, Pax3 in limb muscles marks transient amplifying progenitors, an intermediate stage between satellite cells and myoblasts. Unfortunately, the basis for this heterogeneity between satellite cells from different adult muscles is unclear. 
When PAX3 expressing satellite cells are transplanted into limb muscles, they appear to proliferate and promote muscle regeneration. Additionally, PAX3 expression in the diaphragm may indicate a higher frequency of activated satellite cells in this muscle. In contrast to the limbs, the diaphragm typically experiences constant contractile activity required for breathing. Furthermore, recent studies have highlighted the anti-apoptotic role of both PAX7 and PAX3, which exists in both embryonic and adult animal muscle stem cells. I see. As far as I know, PAX7 and PAX3 are transcription factors. What are their target genes in adult muscles? It has recently been reported that PAX3 activates the MYF5 gene, which is essential for myogenic progression. PAX7 also activates the MYF5 gene by binding to a specific histone methyltransferase complex. This complex methylates histone 3 and lysine 4 on the MYF5 gene, thereby promoting its transcription. Other target genes remain to be elucidated. You mentioned the MYF5 gene here. Is it also involved in the regulation of satellite cells? Exactly. MYF5 is a member of the basic helix loop helix transcription factor family, also known as muscle regulatory factors. During development, this factor family is essential for satellite cell specification and regulation. In addition to MYF5, muscle regulatory factors comprise MYOD, myogenin, and MRF4. In vitro, proliferating primary myoblasts express both MYF5 and MYOD. Then, their expression declines during differentiation and is followed by the expression of myogenin and MRF4. The MYOD gene was once considered a master regulator of myogenesis. Knockout mice lacking MYOD have normal muscles upon birth but display a regeneration defect. This may be due to the efficient differentiation of MYOD null satellite cells into myotubes. On the other hand, knockout mice lacking MYF5 have ribs but no evident muscle abnormalities. This suggests that other muscle regulatory factors may compensate for the loss of the MYF5 gene. Moreover, mice with double mutations in these two genes lack muscle, indicating that these two gene products can act as myogenic determination factors. Notably, knockout mice for myogenin have the most pronounced phenotype and die perinatally due to a defect in muscle differentiation. Do muscle regulatory factors also play a role in adulthood? Yes, they do. A large proportion of satellite cells express MYF5. Satellite cells undergo activation during muscle injury or degeneration, a process that requires the activation of specific genes and re-entry into the cell cycle from quiescence. Upon activation, MYOD and MYF5 genes are upregulated, and their expression persists during muscle regeneration until the tissue is repaired and homeostasis is reached. Furthermore, microarray gene profiling of myodenol myoblasts revealed the upregulation of several anti-apoptotic genes. Additionally, overexpression of MYOD in myodenol myoblasts induces cell death, suggesting a potential novel role for MYOD in apoptosis. There is a balance between the anti-apoptotic effect of the PAX gene and the pro-apoptotic effect of MYOD. 
Muscle progenitors that lose expression of the Pax gene may be more prone to cell death during regeneration, as supported by a study monitoring the dynamic behavior of luciferase-positive transplanted satellite cells through bioluminescent imaging. This study observed that donor-derived cells undergo a massive proliferative response in response to tissue injury, followed by a significant number of donor-derived cells dying after this regenerative wave of cell expansion. Therefore, cell death may serve as a physiological mechanism for reestablishing homeostasis after muscle tissue regeneration. That makes sense. Are there any other genes we should be aware of? Certainly. To identify regulators of muscle stem cells, a differential screening approach identified the PW1 gene. PW1 encodes a large protein containing 12 zinc fingers and multiple proline-rich repeat motifs. In vivo, it is expressed in the early embryo and later in skeletal muscle. In vitro, PW1 is expressed in primary myoblasts and has been shown to mediate the blockage of muscle cell differentiation induced by tumor necrosis factor alpha. Notably, PW1 expression is negligible in neodenal primary myoblasts. PW1 null knockout mice were generated and display severe impairment in postnatal muscle growth. Satellite cells are present in those mice, but they fail to remain in a quiescent state. In adulthood, PW1 is found in satellite cells. These results indicate that PW1 may be a key regulator of muscle stem cells. You are absolutely right. Well, the above information covers the genes related to the intrinsic regulation of satellite cells. These genes may be different, but together, they play crucial roles in satellite cell regulation. A comprehensive understanding of all the factors that regulate satellite cells is essential for making meaningful contributions to the field of muscle regeneration. Thank you for summarizing and sharing your valuable insights. It was a pleasure talking with you. We will conclude our discussion here, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. The same goes for you.